Hello and welcome to The Naked Scarf. I'm Adam. And I'm Andy. And in this episode we'll be looking at Dalek. So, Andy, give us your plot synopsis. <laughs> oh crap, I forgot I was supposed to be doing a plot synopsis. How many of these have we done now? <laughs> I know, but... Um, right, okay, it's not really that hard. There's uh, this um, jackass dude and he's kind of got a Dalek um, trapped underground in a sort of bunker thing and, and he invented the internet but he keeps that on the quiet so he's massively rich and he likes collecting sort of alien and space paraphernalia and all the rest of it. And he has a Dalek and the TARDIS picks up the Dalek's distress signal and it brings uh, uh, the Doctor and Rose down to the underground bunker and then there's all sorts of uh, mayhem that ensues when the Dalek recognises the Doctor and gets out and tries to kill everybody. Uh, but the way in which it got out was it managed to absorb some of uh, Rose's DNA and, and brought it properly back to life because it had been in sort of a hereditary state. And um, because of the fact that it had absorbed some of Rose's DNA, it started being able to feel. And in the end, uh, all the important people managed to get out alive because... Uh, yeah, it decided that it really couldn't put up with having feelings and uh, uh, it's sort of destructed uh, after asking Rose to order it to destruct because it's a Dalek and it follows orders. Uh, I think that's the important... Uh, I think so. Um, I'm not sure if Van Staten invented the internet or just owns it. Yeah, no, it's really not important. Anyway, did you say this was a Christopher Eccleston one? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just a Christopher Eccleston's Doctor. I'm sorry, I suck. Interesting enough, it's set into uh, 2012, which is only one year away now. Yeah, well, it is now. I mean, back then, it was 2005. Then, it's so, so it far few, ahead. Yeah, it was a and few like, years. <laughs> when will, will we have our jetpacks by then, I remember thinking. And, um, <laughs> apparently not. Damn. Okay, so this is... My granddad has a jetpack. Right. Just, just a random thing. We were testing it in his field. Does he wear silver spacesuits? No, no, this is, this is getting <laughs> completely off. Anyway, this is a very important episode for the new series because it, well, it, it reintroduces the Daleks. The most, I don't have to say this on Doctor Who podcast, but, you know, the most iconic enemy the Doctor has. And it was always, and it does it, it's very interesting because it does it by introducing one single Dalek, which is unique. There's never been an, uh, another television story that's just dealt with one Dalek. Yes, but it's uh, unique, well, it's fairly unique amongst uh, Dalek stories anyway, by trying to explore um, the Dalek a bit more because in the past, all it's ever been and indeed all it's intended to be is the ultimate soldier. You know, and um, this this one, uh, it, it, it sort of uh, deals with the questions of what happens when um, the ultimate soldier has no leader left to follow and, and no army left with which to fight. Because this um, is also the first time in the series we get a little more information on the time war because we know the Doctor's people have been wiped out and it doesn't take a lot to work out that the Doctor's probably somehow involved in that. But this is the first time it is confirmed that Daleks are the enemy. Yeah, I guess so. Well, it's... yeah, it is, absolutely. <laughs> it's not a guess, though, I'm right. It's... it's uh... <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry, I, it just happens that I give more important details about the plot than you do in your plot synopsis. <laughs> I'm very sorry well, for that. Well, that's the point. It's a synopsis. It's a well, small little bit and then we elaborate yes, on I know, I know. Else. It's just people told us off because in our first episode we didn't have a plot synopsis. Yeah, and then you made me do it. Well, because it's funnier that way. And I couldn't be bothered, oh, frankly. Right, I, I, okay. I find plot synopses immensely dull, so I, I don't like reading them. I'm not interested in hearing them. Fuck yeah, you, I'm, I'm going on synopsis strike now. Okay, you do that. 
There'll be no synopsis for it. Well, that's not true, actually. I can't even be bothered to argue. Okay, anyway, getting back. Uh, this is written by Rob Sherman, who I believe has written some Big Finish stuff. In fact, actually, this apparently is based on uh, one of his Big Finish plays, Jubilee, which I haven't heard, but apparently it's very good, so it's on my list of eventually getting around to. Quite a few episodes uh, from the uh, reboot of the series from 2005 onwards have actually been based on uh, things that have been written um, either for Big Finish or things that have been written even for strips in the Doctor Who uh, magazines and manuals like her. Blink was a particular one that uh, Stephen Moffat wrote it initially um, uh, started out with. Uh, I, th- I think it might have been in the comic. I could be wrong though. I and it was a it was small a, story. It was an annual Okay, an annual, yes, and I'm it was a short sure. story uh, entitled uh, What I Did for My the, Summer Holidays by l- Sally Sparrow. The Lodger was originally a comic strip. Yes, it was, with yes. Gareth Roberts wrote. So it's, it's human, obviously. Human Nature based on the new adventure. Yeah, so obviously it's happened uh, uh, quite a lot and I actually think that, uh, that a lot of the um, stories and episodes that start out that way do go on to be very strong episodes because the writers mm. already have their ideas, you know, and, and they can see what worked when it went out and what didn't work and then what they can then put into an episode and also how it was received, you know, in, in the first instance. Um, yes, and they do tend to make very strong episodes. It's also one of the first episodes of the new series that really had a direct link to the old series with the Cyberman head. Because in this yes. very brief thing, it's definitely, you know... It's an invasion style Cybermen. I think it's an invasion style. It is actually it. arguably the first episode of uh, the, the 2005 series that did have a direct link into the past canon. Um, Even if it's just kind of a very brief moment that has nothing to do with the plot. Yes. It's, quite, it's quite interesting because there have been vague hints before then, but because people were, and people were, I think, for quite a while until Sarah Jane came back, I think, were discussing whether this really was part of the same canon or if it was new or different. Because it was never like Chris Eccleston turned up and went, I'm Doctor Number Nine, blah, 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 blah. You know, it wasn't like the TV movie. No, he just appeared and he was, basically. But uh, no, um, interesting nonetheless, um, especially because it then went on to deal with a few things or throw the fans of the older series um, uh, a couple of things, like, uh, for example, the Daleks getting up the stairs, which, uh, as Adam has pointed out several times to me now, um, is something that was dealt with in Resurrection. Remembrance. Of the Dal- uh, sorry, Remembrance of the Daleks. Uh, apparently it does happen in Revelation, but it's really hard to tell. It's an awkward camera angle, but it's supposed to be. But everyone, well, at least all the classic fans remember, yeah, uh, uh, Remembrance of the Daleks, part one, going up the stairs. So, you know, this, uh, all those all those jokes about Dark not going up the stairs between 1988 to 2005 weren't funny because they were inaccurate. L- <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. This is what I have to... No. Um, but- Dear Michael Grade, <laughs> I wish you hadn't cancelled the series. No, we'll carry on. Uh, yes, um, but it was obviously a throwback to the sort of people who do remember the old Doctor Who, but but not quite as religiously as, as some of the fans we're probably speaking to now. Um and and don't actually remember that the Daleks did, in fact, have a way of getting up the stairs back then. Uh, it's a throwback to that. And also, um, as Adam pointed out, there's a point where... Um, uh, what what was the name of the guy with the A-levels? Uh, Adam. Ad- uh, Adam. He is Adam. <laughs> oh, yeah, Adam the Smith? geeky pedantic one. What, what a... What a uh, no. Um, I'm he not drawing pedantic. any parallels there. He no. wasn't pedantic. He wasn't geeky. He was just a bit shit. I'm keeping my mouth firmly closed. Um, no, um, he he did make a, a reference to um, it just being like a giant pepper pot, which of course uh, is, is something wing, that's wing, nudge, nudge. yeah come up quite a few times. Um, 
because actually another shout out to Remembrance is the Dalek point of view. It's, yes. It's, it's not the same, but it is reminiscent of the point of view shots used in Remembrance. It is rather I, better in 2005, I have to say, oh, but I'll give them that to one. To be fair, it never looked that bad in, uh, in 1988. No, but uh, it has one of my favourite shots in Dalek from the Dalek POV, which is when he's speaking to Christopher Nicholson and his nose, Who? which... Uh, Christopher Eccleston. Okay, you just said Christopher Nicholson. Well, I meant Eccleston, okay? I was talking I very fast and thinking and stuff. Don't talk too fast, people are trying to listen. You know what I mean. But anyway, um, yeah, it's a great shot where he's like doing his sort of like angry thing and, and jerking his head around from the Dalek's point of view. And, and his nose, which is already quite distinguished as it is, does look just centre stage. Uh, go back, you'll see the <laughs> shot that I mean. <laughs> No, you're right, you're right. He has a. It's him and Pertwee with the nose as far as it, it comes to the doctors. <laughs> it's a very, very interesting nose. I like his nose. It is also a better uh, point of view shot than we use in actually some of the Pertwee episodes, whereas I think we've talked about before, where you just get like kind of the tunnel vision. Yeah. <laughs> At least his Dalek has peripheral vision, which is uh, definitely an improvement. I, like, as, I was, as I was saying before, before we got, as per usual, completely off track, it uses a single Dalek, which is absolutely unique, but it also then makes a trick of. It re-establishes the Daleks as being dangerous. In fact, this Dalek is tougher than any of the previous Daleks we've seen. Because yes. Daleks before, despite the reputation, have sometimes been a bit easy to push over and then they explode. I mean, it's like actually my favourite Dalek death is in uh, Death of the Daleks, where the Dalek loses two prisoners, has a bit of a nervous breakdown and blows itself up. Yeah. <laughs> which is you know, oh, complete God. overreaction. But, you know, there's also like, you're seeing things like uh, Resurrection, they push the Dalek out the window and it, yeah. it touches the force light and just blows up. And, and this really, you know, this is a Dalek with force fields that can twist around. No, you're right. It's, it's, and uh... it makes sense. They've kind of, they, they've basically upgraded themselves for a time war. Yeah, it, work, it works well because no, it, it really makes them well dangerous. Because by the end of the um, uh, classic inverted commas series run, um, the Daleks had become, not, I don't want to say a cliche, that's the wrong word, but it had gone from being, you know, the sort of menacing hide behind your sofa uh, type, uh, you know, um, enemy to something that had entered the, you know, popular culture and it almost sort of become in some ways a bit of... I don't want to say a figure of fun, but a bit of a... Uh, uh, help me out here. No, because I actually disagree with what you're saying. Oh, I, think, I think they have gone through shitty periods. But I, I think the last... Remembrance of the Daleks... Uh, okay, we're obviously not talking about it, but I think that's a great story for them to have finished the original series on, because I think it does restore some of their oomph. I know what you mean in the sense that the Daleks have been around for so long that they kind of stopped being scary. The Daleks, you know, there's so many jokes about them. There's jokes about them not getting upstairs and being pepper pots and... You know, I can see plenty of uh, wobbly Dalek tops in the old series where, you know, it's like, we are the greatest universe in the world. Just let me adjust my tops slightly. <laughs> right, yes, right, after the Doctor. You yeah, know what, and I, I know what you mean. They become they became familiar, and they familiarity did. breeds contempt, which is weird because in the 80s, there are only three Dalek stories. Yes, and, and I think there was perhaps a good reason for that. And, you... it, and it works better. I mean, this is actually a fault with the new series is the Daleks have been coming back to diminishing returns every time and to the point where we get victory of the Daleks and I'm really hoping that this year they don't come back there's been no no one's confirmed that neither of them are coming back but I really hope not don't even get me started on victory of the Daleks we'll have a whole episode of victory of the Daleks don't worry <sighs> anyway um yeah it's it's quite funny actually because uh recently Adam and I went to the um uh, Doctor Who experience yeah um which you might have heard of it was on at Olympia and it was basically it's still uh, on 
it's still on at Olympia, yeah. So uh, grab your tickets because it was it was fantastic. I mean, um, two grown adults, you know, sort of acting like children and, and pretending to pilot a TARDIS. And just a record, I did not push a child out the way to get to a, a TARDIS control. I no, very you didn't. Clear. You didn't. But in all fairness, because one... we had preview tickets, I think there was only one child in there with us. So that the... everyone else is some sort of geeky. <laughs> I, 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 I was actually moving around to make sure because there were there were a couple of kids and making sure they did get a go because I'm not that bad. But there was one guy dressed as a tenth doctor there who was not moving from his position he, he found control funny. and he was sticking with it yeah that there was some there was some yeah there was some excellent fans there there was one guy who asked to take a picture of me standing next to a cyberman because i was wearing my tom baker scarf but uh yeah we were in the lift on the way up there actually and and i was like there as i was saying to adam if anyone asks i'm pretending i'm a journalist okay i'm reviewing this i'm not here in any sort of fan capacity and he was like so how do you explain the scarf and uh yeah from there my plan went down the hill and uh um but yes anyway um back to the point uh there there was a part that involved daleks just in case any of you are going uh i won't tell you what happened spoilers spoilers um there, there was a part that involved daleks and, and one of the things that i actually got from it is how freaking like in size and stuff they're actually quite intimidating you know that that actually it stopped coming across in a lot of the television things um you know television things episodes that's what they're called and um, yeah it, it's it's uh, they are actually uh, uh pretty intimidating so I was, I was quite pleased when dalek came back on to see uh return to form um for a, a dalek that could face down one dalek an entire platoon of uh, people armed with machine guns and and just obliterate them with one smart move but like i was saying we've never really seen that before at all not no. even in the original series they've never been that powerful but then again, saying that um, in, in their original run, they didn't need to be because, you know, it they was a different and, time. It was, yeah. yeah. And it makes sense. That I always really liked the, the, the design of the Daleks when they brought them back because they, yes. they look like tanks. And I've always thought it should be quite clear that every little Dalek blob is basically in a tank. And that's why they're terrifying because you're not just facing an alien race, you're facing alien races in tanks. Oh my god, sorry, yes. Um, this is a, the thing that um, Dalek really did for me is that ever since uh, I first saw it in 2005, I've been absolutely determined to get my hands on the inside of a Dalek. Like, you know, the pink squidgy thing with the tentacles, because I think it's adorable in a really cute, like, you can imagine poking it, can't you? You just poke it and it would sort of like sneeze or something. Well, it probably wouldn't, it would probably, you know, try to exterminate you, but it couldn't because it doesn't have its Dalek shell. I've got this all sorted out. If anybody knows where I can get my hand on a, like, you know, Dalek, the inside of a Dalek, not not the armor because that would be scary. The mutant, the, the mutant. mutant. yeah, the little mutant thing inside a Dalek. Then <laughs> I'm definitely in the market. That and a little mini Cyberman, but the Tomb of the Cyberman ones, not not any of the, not not any of the '80s ones, or maybe one of the modern ones. That's quite cute. Have you quite finished? <laughs> yes. Sorry. Okay. There, there are many. So Doctor I'm now desperately things. looking at my notes to. to there there, there get are back many Doctor track. Who things I would have as pets. In all fairness, I mean, you know, I, uh, off the top uh, of my head, uh, I wouldn't uh, mind a pet. No, you, pond. not off the top of your head. It's, it's, it's we'll leave this. Okay. Leave this now. Okay. Right, put it on the tumbler. We don't use that often <laughs> enough. Put it right, a little less on the tumbler. That the people will love that. It'll be wacky. <laughs> oh, I hate that word. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you just used the word wacky in context of. Shush. No, otherwise, what's the point of having a podcast with me? I, I, I don't I... know what the point is. Look at us. We've been <laughs> rambling off topic for the past two minutes, at least. All these wiggly lines appearing on the screen, they're just us talking bollocks. <laughs> 
Or you talking bollocks to be more precise. <laughs> I would stop talking bollocks if you would stop reading your notes and actually come up with something interesting to say. I keep to about say. to start coming up with something interesting and then you interrupt me. Well, well interrupt doing, me then. You're a man, aren't you? like a married couple on, a, on our Doctor Who podcast. Look, this doesn't happen. I've been listening to a lot of Doctor Who podcasts. This doesn't happen on any others. No one else argues like this on any others. Radio Free Scarra don't argue like this. Mostly Harmless Cutaway don't um, like, argue like this. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Um, Adam needs to recover after that little speech. A little bit, yeah. You should see how red he's got in the face. I like the bit where the... Uh, I'm totally cutting all that we do. I like the bit where the Dalek is like, I have downloaded the internet, and all I can think of it must have a lot of low caps in its memory now. <laughs> it's like... A, yeah. I suppose he doesn't start speaking internet speak. <laughs> yeah, exterminate. speak. Um, yeah, no, it's it's and and what about all the stuff that contradicts all the other stuff? How what does how does the Dalek know what to believe? Uh, I like to think that the um Right, the, no, he doesn't know whether Osama bin Laden's dead or alive. <laughs> Sorry. Don't, don't. But yeah, you, you, it's downloaded the internet, so sh- surely it has perfect reason to exterminate the human race. Yes, okay. Uh, not no. to mention it's full of, it, it's probably accessed, uh, seen some of the sheer business that some of the science fiction fans wait, have. And, and wait, it, wait. It's trying to work out whether it was created by Davros or whether it was created by small blue aliens in the Are 60s. Are you trying to tell me that 90% of the Dalek's head is now full of porn? Yeah, I imagine the last part of its memory banks is, is extremely suited to um, porn. What's the Dalek talking about? It does have a new purpose in life. Right, okay, here's a question. Could the series have come back without the Daleks? Interesting question. It probably could have, but I'm glad that it did include the Daleks. I'm glad that it did throw something in there to link it back to the old series. And I'm glad that it wasn't just pandering to a sort of new, young, trendier, more savvy audience in that way, that they, they managed to take that, you know... Um, they managed to take that old element, something that's been going since the 1960s, and, and, and incorporate that back into 2005 and make it uh, interesting and and frightening in its own way. Um, so, uh, in other words, my answer is they probably could have, but I'm glad they didn't. Would this, and in fact, should this have been the last Dalek story? Bearing in mind that that wouldn't have happened because if you introduce them, people are going to want to use them again and again, but... They decided just to go down the road making it the last Dalek story. Do you think it would have worked? Well, uh, no, I'm going to have a tiny bit of bias here because I absolutely love that bit at the end of Doomsday where, like, you know, the the Daleks facing off with the Cybermen, you know, and then the Cybermen Mm, are going, ah. Well, the bit that's completely out of character with both races. But it was funny. But it was completely out of character. It was funny. Daleks apparently have two emotions. It's not just hate, it's hate and bitch. Fantastic. Okay, I want my but, tiny weedy pet Dalek to be gay. No, um, it, it's um, yeah. I, I just love that bit where they're facing off against the Cybermen and they're kind of yeah, like but, you know. But, but, but you'll we'll talk the about that when we when we do that one. That okay. Just liking the bit with the Dalek's bitch. That's not really a reason for this not to be the last Doctor. Now I, I say this as a man. I really like parting of parting of ways. I think that's really good. Um, I, yeah, I do like uh, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, but still, there's something about this that, after all their fights and all their battles, the Doctor versus single Dalek, and almost their positions being switched at the end, with the Doctor wanting to exterminate, and as Rose says, you're the one pointing a gun at me. Because this episode is very much about 
how the Daleks bring out the worst in the Doctor. And it's a logical thing to follow in from the original series because the last time we saw them in the original series, the Doctor blew up their planet. The Doctor <laughs> deliberately planned and destroyed an entire planet yes. just to get at the Daleks, just to piss them off. I do think that perhaps the Daleks did get overused a little um, in the context of the new series, especially when there were sort of new and interesting monsters, um, enemies being explored. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that they... You know, it should have been the last Dalek story, but I do think that it every subsequent one lessened this sort of impact of, of you know, um, because it's it's quite a, a wonderfully touching ending, um, Dalek. I think I, mean, I, I quite like like, like it because it would have been very easy to go to the Dalek to go. I feel I have emotions. I should go out and pet kittens, which I have a lot of thanks to the internet, <laughs> and uh, I I I I show love and think, and it was just like, no, this is really horrible. Just. I want to die. I really want. You know, it's very human of, of character of the Daleks that it's so disgusted at, at having these new thoughts and feelings that it goes kill me. Uh, yeah. I, I do like that. I, I think, you can I think sort that's of the only switch way. that and and have uh, the Doctor was sort of doing his own thing in a similar kind of way, not quite the same, but you know, by realizing that his mind had become very, you know, um, well Dalek like that he had become quite obsessed with you know exterminating this this final enemy, and and um, it took Rose I mean, to give him a fresh perspective there, on it. There are a lot. I mean, it's not the episode isn't particularly subtle in the sense no. of comparing the Doctor to the well, Dalek, and but it's fine because it's quite a it's a big, even though actually it's. Budget-wise, budget it seems like quite a small episode because it only happens in all indoors, is relatively small location. At, at the time, it seemed like the end of the time war on this big grand thing. And with the music, it's quite over the top anyway, so the, it doesn't really need to be subtle. And it's, it's an interesting comparison to make anyway, so the I don't mind. Thing. It's not a sentimental comparison, so the Dalek going to the Doctor, you would make a good Dalek. You know, it's a very effective moment. And also, I think it generally what I really like about this is it's an episode that only really works with Christopher Eccleston's Doctor. You yes. can't imagine David Tennant doing it, at least not in the same way. You can't imagine Matt Smith doing it in the same way. It, it's particularly that scene where he first confronts the Dalek, and he has that such... We seem afraid, in a way, we've, we very rarely see, have seen the Doctor before or since, that sheer fear, scrabbling at the door to get out. Absolutely just desperate to get out. And then his kind of joy, he laughs at it. And then we see this we see this dark side, this vicious, nasty side. It's not pleasant to see, even though we as a viewer... It's almost know, surprising. It is almost surprising, even though we as a viewer aren't sympathetic to Daleks. We know what Daleks are already. You know, they're, they're, even if you haven't seen Doctor Who, you've probably heard of Daleks to, to some degree. You know they're evil aliens, quote-unquote. Well, essentially, the Doctor has always been a certain amount about... Um, he's... he's the Doctor has never really been the sort of person who wants to shoot their enemy in the back as such. And I think that it's quite surprising because this Dalek has, has been tortured and it's almost been emasculated, you know, dialated, I, I don't know, um, by having its weapons taken away. And so you can almost feel for it in that way. And then, you know, and, and then Christopher Eccleston's Doctor laughs, you know, that that's quite a powerful moment that he's, he's laughing at this, you know, this, this horrible mutated Dalek that's been, you know, hurt and injured and, hmm. It's this quite a sinister moment, really. And, and that's the thing. Christopher Eccleston's Doctor always teetered on the edge of that, on the edge of potentially being something almost unpleasant, which gives him a really interesting edge for a Doctor. Because he kind of warms up as the series goes on. He does, I mean, yes. I mean, 
But then again, I, I can completely appreciate his position there because, of course, very established character actor, Christopher Eccleston, um, being in a lot of uh, theatre and uh, a lot of uh, TV and a couple of films. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's to have something this big, you know, that you're bringing back and something that towards the end of its run had gotten a bit of a, a reputation, um, you know, with the British public. And, uh, yeah. It's, reputation. It's, well, yeah, it had almost become a cultural figure of fun. Undeservedly. Undeservedly, sure, but I you love know. Sylvester McCoy. Yes, yeah. I, I don't think it was specifically Sylvester McCoy. No, I just no, think it had been it, running so continuously it, people that people had gotten used to it. People, people had gotten it, used to it. it yes. Less of the thing, and the BBC just didn't want to know really. Because uh, actually, in, in this episode, of course, we see the Doctor with a gun, and that still has a certain shock value. Yes. You know, uh, even though we've seen him with guns in the past, usually in, in Eric Sayward's scripts where guns equal interesting characters because they have a gun. But he still has some shot value and seems so we're happily using it. And he does have that lovely little scene where he's going broken, broken, hair dryer. <laughs> yeah. And he just look, you know, and, he, and then he just lights up when he gets his hand on this bazooka-like gun, lock and load. And... It's also quite nice to see um, the Dalek being sneaky. Because it's very easy yes. to think of Daleks as going around screaming, so many shooting. But we've seen in previous uh, stories, Power of the Daleks, the first Pat, Pat Troughton one, and a couple of others, they are capable of, of subterfuge. Sub, subterf- subterfuge. They are capable of subterfuge. Oh, fuck. They are capable of being very sneaky. <laughs> and it, it's it's nice to just to remind the audience of that, particularly on their first reappearance, that then there is intelligence there working. Yeah, no, you're right, actually. And it's almost surprising that the Dalek is, is willing to portray itself as a victim, as, as something that's been tortured and hurt and abused, um, in order to, you know, it's, it's, it's like you don't, it's not the image you really have in your head of a Dalek, is, is it prostrating itself, even uh, even pretending to, you know, in order to, it's, it's a very Machiavellian move on the part of the Dalek. Because uh, it's something, something this episode does in the long run, though, it probably wasn't the plan that, Originally, because it presents the Daleks being so powerful and almost indestructible, is that then Daleks throughout the rest of the, the new series have covered, suffered from what I kind of refer to as the alien problem, in which in the first alien film, it's almost an indestructible creature, it, it's terrifying, and then aliens, you have lots of them. So yes. even though they're still very tough to kill, lots more are killed more easily. Yes. And so on and so forth, and that carries on to where in the Dalek terms, by journey's end they're flipping a few switches and entire fleets are exploding oh god yes and and uh, like it's going back and forth and it's just like way to undo all the work this episode did and even you know victory of the daleks hasn't convinced me they've come back with any any power or force no um but victory the, i like to think of that as an anomaly it was uh, mm. there, there are a couple of episodes in that particular series which uh yeah i i, I just choose not to think about too much yeah look forward readers to our victory of the dalek episode and vincent and the doctor oh it, I, there are some people out there who I know like that episode. Yeah, they're wrong. Um, they are wrong. Sorry. In case anyone's wondering, by the way, we are actually going to eventually tackle Matt Smith episodes, but we're just giving it a little more time for putting it until the end of Series 6. Right yeah, now. and in case anyone's wondering, we are actually talking about the 2005 episode Dalek featuring Christopher Eccleston. It's just, you know, we, we keep seeming to go off and I keep seeming to go off in, in weird directions. Because it's weird thing of doing this podcast like you do every two weeks, not talking about the current episodes. Yeah, I mean, we could so easily talk about Day of the Moon, Impossible Astronaut, but everyone else is doing that, so I guess we won't. And by the time people have heard this one, because we're, um, we're recording this on the 4th of May. May the 4th be with you. Oh, don't. Oh, no. No. Fuck those guys. Um, <laughs> what? It's funny. It, it isn't. 
by the fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth time somebody said it. <laughs> I'm the first person who said that to me today. Well, well somebody done. needs to love me. Yeah, uh, you couldn't see that, but Adam just patted me on the shoulder. Oh, you see, once again, you completely put me off. Um, no, seriously, what was I just talking about? I was going to say, by the time people hear this, we'll have the last episode we'll have seen would have been Doctor's Wife, the Neil Gaiman one. Which oh, I yes. Should be interesting. It should be interesting. But you won't find any of our opinions about this until probably at least another year. So we, we, we can pretend that we predicted all the twists and uh, we were absolutely right, but obviously we couldn't tell you at the time. We liked having the uh, the sort of uh, uh, retrospective point of view uh, in context of the rest of the series. I'm really disappointed that Rob Sherman hasn't written anything since. I mean, apparently, Has he not? it might be because there were. Well, I mean, I think he's written stuff, for, possibly doing stuff for Big Finish. Yeah. And there were apparently a lot of rewrites on this because first they thought they were going to get the Daleks, then they thought they weren't going to get the Daleks because they're obviously the Daleks are tied up in the Terry Nation estate with the rights. And interesting enough, if it hadn't been the Daleks, it would have been the what became the Troglophane. Oh, the really? future humans. The idea would have been that they would have been responsible for the Time War, that they would have come ah. down and wiped out the Daleks and the Time Lords. Ah, so it's interesting to think that idea was... I, I don't know if Russell T. Davis always had that idea, or he came up with that as a possible replacement and thought, right, that's an interesting... Let's, let's work that into a future storyline. Oh. But I think it works better with the Dalek because they're so iconic. I mean, even it wouldn't, you know, Troglodane or Troglophane. 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 Calling an episode Troglophane wouldn't have the same impact. Calling the episode Dalek. I mean, that was something that was interesting because they, they were very early on with the publicity. They were Daleks are coming back, Daleks are coming back. And you almost wonder if it would have been more interesting a little bit if they hadn't done that, if they'd been a surprise. Ima I think imagine... there would have been a collective intake of breath across the nation. Between... Like all the kids would be like, why are you hiding behind a sofa, Mum? Because I, I do wonder if that wasn't the original plan, because you think the Dalek is revealed, is in darkness, yes. and then it says Doctor. And imagine if you hadn't known that no, I, that was going to be a Dalek, and then you'd be like, holy fuck. I mean, to be honest, to be completely Didn't know honest... about that before, sorry, because uh, there was the point where he was making it, the guy was in there making it scream. Well, it... It doesn't necessarily mean it was Dalek, even the point of view, though similar to remembers of the Daleks yeah. isn't the same. So, you you know, it's not I, I think like, you could have made guaranteed. a guess, but... Yeah, 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 you could have made a guess, but if you, but if you hadn't known... Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, to be fair, that's not really criticism, because I can't understand why they want to go to who's back and not who's back with the Daleks. is more of a... It's a bigger selling point. Yeah. little random thought that occurs to me while watching it is, because when the, the, the Ninth Doctor's going, I wiped you all out, I destroyed the entire Dalek race, he's basically saying the Eighth Doctor did what the Fourth Doctor wouldn't do in Genesis of the Daleks. <laughs> yeah, interesting. It, it sounds strange. I wonder if the Doctor could actually sort of uh, uh, feel regret for something that he's done in his previous incarnations because well, his yeah. personality changes. Well, yeah, but he's still the same man. He's a different. I know. He's a different reflection. It, it does. Uh, you this. know what? When I was in college uh, doing philosophy, I actually wrote an essay, which is a little sad and telling. Um, in our, uh, I think it was personal philosophy to do with like human beings and identity about. Um, um, you know, what makes a person a person, what makes a personality a person, and if, you know, um, um, if a person changes, how are they the same person? And uh, I actually used the Doctor as an example um, of, of how he regenerated and changed personality and changed physical form, but he was still the same Doctor, and why was that? What was it that underpinned uh, it? And, uh, I mean, you could argue the Doctor might feel more regret for stuff he's done 
as a previous self because he's not that self anymore who can justify it to himself. He might look back on previous actions with horror. But he still, you know, he still remembers uh, what happened in, in previous... And, and yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. your but, past but experiences can inform your present choices. And so I, I do wonder, I do... Well, no, of course he, he feels he feels guilt for what... I mean, we've kind of seen that a little bit. Yes. And I, I, but what I meant was maybe war. because if... if in obviously in each uh, incarnation he thinks differently. It's quite obvious because of the different personalities. Yes. Even though he's perhaps operating from the same basic moral centre, even if some doctors are perhaps a little more relaxed about violence or about killing than others, it's still the same basic morals. But if he's got a different way of thinking, he may look back at previous actions when he had another way of thinking and feel guilt, horror, remorse, or... At why he did what he did, even if it was justifiable, even if you can understand why it was justifiable at the time. So maybe he feels more guilt. It's what I'm just, trying to say. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I, uh, you know, there are quite a lot of um, philosophical issues which inadvertently attach themselves to Doctor Who. I'd, I'd do a spin-off podcast, but I can't be bothered. We can we can do it in this one. Okay. I, don't. I, I think that we probably would need, you know, uh, more than a couple of minutes to discuss, you know, uh, Doctor Who and identity or, or Doctor Who and morality or, you know, uh, Doctor Who well, and religion. Maybe we'll uh, do religion. podcasts about it. Let's, let's, let's not, you know, let's not say we can't do these things. Okay, but you do realise that I'm going to use it as a chance to throw every pedantic reference in there that I can. I love philosophy. Oh, you know I can out pedantic to you on Doctor Who. You no, no, me. I'm talking about philosophy now. Okay, fine. No, you're right, I can't, I can't out pedantic you on that. Nate, from your Hobbes to your Heidegger, you're in trouble. The last note I have is Rose slash Space Slut, which is very unfair, but it's just she makes goo eyes at any cute boy throughout the series. She's 19. I was making goo-goo eyes at the telly when Christopher Eccleston was half-naked. Fair point. Moving on. Because <laughs> it's just introduced, like I said, we do, you do introduce Adam, who is a deliberate shit companion. Because obviously in the next story he... Yes. Out. Maybe we should talk about that more in the long game, because that'll actually give us something more to talk about in the long yep. game. But, you know, he is basically the Adric of our generation. No. Deliberately the Adric of our... Deliberately, yeah, yes. He even looks a little bit like Adric. He's got, oh, got no. those heavy he, eyebrows. He's hotter than Adric. Maybe, but, but he's a hotter. Uh, he's a Hollyoaks Adric. <laughs> Hollyoaks Adric, I like that. But he's still um, he's still the Adric of our generation. But oh, I, I did so. like the doctors uh, put down to him, like, you in a fight, what are you going to do? Throw your A-levels at them. It's it's uh, Yes, actually, in that context, that very much so. Just admiring your northern accent there. That was not my northern accent. I know. Don't do your northern accent. I won't. I wouldn't want to offend anybody. Anyway, have I'm you got accents? I know. Have you got any other points to make? No, except to give a massive apology for that shambles of a podcast. It wasn't a well, shambles. I don't know what the hell I was talking about half the time. Well, I do, but it was just rambling. I think people are probably used to that by now. I like to call it our charm. Um, probably something we should do on the podcast. I did do this on Twitter. Uh, is to thank Dr. Phil of the Adventures in Time, Space and Music podcast for our uh, new logo. Um, oh yeah, it's uh, awesome. Profile pic that we're using. Um, I, we've had it for a while now, but like I said, because of the way we record these and the fact that we only put them out every two weeks, we haven't had a chance to do that. But thanks. And if you are interested in Dot Who incidental music, I can highly recommend his the Adventures in Time, Space and Music podcast that he does. It's been very informative. Especially if you're a music nerd and you know lots about uh, synthesizers and things like that. Um, I, I don't, but I still enjoy it very much. He does know a lot about musical theatre, though. 
I work I work in theatre, of course I do. Darling. <laughs> Sweetie, love it. Um, yeah. So, no more points? No oh, more points. Oh, right, contact details. I almost always forget to do this for some reason. You can follow us at, on Twitter at Naked Scarf. That's it, actually. Yeah, that's, naked it, scarf. that's it. That's, that's naked scarf. It. It's that simple. Feel free to email us at nakedscarf at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Check out our Tumblr, which we do occasionally update. I occasionally update. I kind of deal with all this stuff. Andy just doesn't. I have a plot synopsis to focus on, okay? Nakedscarf.tumblr.com In all fairness, I can't remember the passwords to any of it anyway. That's my downfall. It's the same password. I know, know, but it's complicated. I've texted it to you. I know you texted it to me, but I've lost that text ages Uh, ago. And um, we've also now got a Facebook group. I did actually mean to create a fan page, but I kind of screwed it up a bit. You did, didn't you? I I accidentally created a group. But that's fine. If you search for uh the naked scarf on facebook you'll probably find the group feel free to join we'll let you in we can all have a nice cup of tea in the chat oh wait here's one for you fact fans if you google andy and adam naked it comes up with the naked scarf i'm i'm also i, I don't want to tell you what people have found our podcast i i uh, our tech support dave <laughs> uh casey tells me what people google to find us and some of it's really borderline disturbing <laughs> uh, but Well, they've come to the right place then. Anyway, folks, take care.